Hi, I'm Gabby. Hi, I'm Sid. And this is Musician's Tea Time. We're so lucky to have our very first guest, who happens to be a member of Acid Airplane Records, Charlie Fisher, who has this wonderful, like, bubblegum pop with Cincy undertones. Like, it's very nostalgic for, for children of the 2000s. I really enjoy listening to it. It's genuinely fun to listen to. Yeah, I met Charlie in London a couple of years back, actually, and fell in love with their sound and general vibe, you know? Having been an entertainer their whole life, first as a dancer, Charlie turned to like that 2000s pop and the scent of their childhood as inspiration for these fabulous and ethereal releases we're going to cover over this interview. So despite a short career, uh, I've seen it gain some nice traction over on social media from an insanely supportive and uplifting community. So let's talk pop, feelings, artistry, and coping with the times. Charlie's latest release, uh, which I just listened to, City Pop, really makes you want to get up and move, which is really refreshing in the times we live in where, you know, you just kind of want to lay on the couch all day. So I'm really interested to hear them talk about it. Let's get into it. Hello, Charlie Fisher, and welcome to the first episode of Acid Airplane Records Musician's Tea Time Podcast. It's been a long time coming, and I'm glad to have you as my first guest. I can't believe I'm the first guest. What an honor. You are, actually. I mean, I've contacted a bunch of people, and despite the situation, like people seem to be pretty busy, nonetheless. Yeah, I know. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not. Where are they getting all these things to do? I'm not right. I'm just gonna sitting <laughs> at home, and it's, uh, it's the European situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, who are you, Charlie? What do you do? How would you describe yourself? Oh, my God. I am trying my best. That's <laughs> the most important thing that people need to know about me. I try my best. Um, I am just a person making stuff and putting it out there. Making stuff? What do you know. do? How long have you been doing it? <laughs> um. So I have been making music for, what year is this? 21. Um... Like, a year and a half now, honestly. It's really, it's not been that long at all. Um, but I've been writing for probably three or four years at this point. Um, yeah, and I just make dumb, gay pop music. Um, it's shamelessly basic, and I love it. Oh, but that's amazing. We've been waiting for it. <laughs> so it's quite a short career you've been having, but it's been gaining traction. Yeah, I know, I know. Um... Uh, yeah, that's all I can really say. Yeah, <laughs> I've had a good... And you've been happy with it. Yeah, I've had a good month or so. So you put out a first few singles, and then last year you put out this one amazing pun, queer and sign, is that it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like quarantine, but it's gay. Oh, is it pronounced qu- qu- quarantine? Yeah, but I mean, you know, accents. <laughs> Um, yeah. So that was quarantine, and then you went on to write and produce and gone with City Pop, is that it? Yeah, so City Pop, um, I wrote that song back in May. That song's been a really long time coming. Um, I wrote it back in May and sat on it for a little while because, it, you know, at that time I was working on my album, but I knew that I didn't want to put it on the record because if I did, it would be rushed and it wouldn't be the standard that I knew it had to be. So I, I sat on it for a little while and then eventually got in touch with Boy Sim to produce it. And I was like, this is it. This is this mm. is the girl. This is the this one. This is the girl. This is the big one. But mm-hmm. you had Dollar Perfume come out before it. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was last summer. That was last summer. 
I mean, how would you describe all that, you know, gay, sparkly <laughs> pop? Did I put it right? Yeah, it re yeah, it really is just that. It's not big and it's not clever and it's not trying to be. Right, but how did you get it started? Like, what flicked the switch in your head? So I just, um, I've always loved pop music. I've had to, like, warn boys before in relationships that I'm never going to love them as much as I love pop music. We could be together for my whole life and it won't happen. Um, you know, they've, they've usually been okay with it, so that's all right. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I've always loved pop music. I always knew I wanted to make pop music and I had no idea how to do it. Cause I, you know, I trained as a dancer. I've worked as a dancer. That's my background and had no experience in writing or producing or anything, but I sort of realized that to make pop music, I would have to write it because, you know, cause there, there was no one out there there's no one just popping into strangers DMs. Like, here's a song. Do you want to sing it? Like, that's not a thing. So I was like, okay, so I have to write songs in order to sing them. So <laughs> I spent like two or three years writing songs, um, trying to like the best of my ability to figure out what makes a good pop song. Then eventually I was like, okay, I'm bored of not letting anyone hear any of this. So I started sort of, you put yourself out there. Um, yeah, I, I put myself out there and started sort of, um, crapping content into the void that is the internet in the hopes that it would drum up a little bit of attention. Well, in this modern music industry, it's kind of how it's done these days, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's the only way to do it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, you've talked about writing songs as well. What's your writing process, if you have any? I mean, I know I don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really weird one. It depends what the catalyst is for the song, because, like... I, um, City Pop was inspired by a playlist that a friend had sent me of, I don't know if you know about the genre, but City Pop is the name of this obscure late 70s Japanese genre of pop yes. music. Yes. And, um, Plastic Love. Yeah, Plastic Love. Brilliant song. Brilliant song. And, um, I, I just listened to a lot of that at the same time that I was listening to like a lot of Donna Summer and a lot of like dis, like disco, like proper disco. And I was like, I just, I want to live this for a little bit i want to live this fantasy for a bit and make this kind of music for a while um so that's where that song came from another one the next single that i've got coming out um which i don't know when this podcast is gonna air when is this podcast gonna air uh, i should be editing it this week and it should be out in early to mid-february Let, let's say that when this goes out we won't be far off of an announcement for the next single which is cool because it's finished and it's ready um and that one came from i was watching a video of shangela the drag queen and the sound stopped working and i saw her <laughs> like spinning and i was like i want to write that song oh that's a great origin story it's ridiculous but i you got a lot of your playlist for writing songs yeah i'd never stop i never really stop writing songs that's great because inspiration can be really hard to come by for a lot of people yeah, it can. And I sort of, I go through those phases like everyone does, but it can come from anywhere. I, I guess I'm just, um, lucky that I never treat anything as a stupid idea until I try it and it doesn't work, you know, but I'll, I'll try everything. <laughs> I think that's um, good advice actually, you know? Yeah. No stupid questions, no stupid ideas. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, yeah, fair enough. You'll try some things and they won't work, but that'll happen with stuff that you think's a good idea as well. So you might as well indulge all of your sort of creative thoughts and let them happen because you don't have any there's no obligation to release everything so you might as well 
make what you're feeling the urge to make. I do feel that's kind of the Charlie Fisher spirit to indulge, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm very indulgent. <laughs> I was driving down the highway earlier, you know, to the B-52s, Rock Lobster, oh, yeah. Loud. You know, rain pouring down was beginning to hydroplane and I was thinking, oh, man, this is the life. Yeah. <laughs> I was indulging that. Indulging differently. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, before you put out one of these songs, you're pretty maximalist in what you do. And how do you sketch that out? Do you have like a MIDI keyboard or do you just, you know, record on the notes on your phone? <laughs> so, um, if I, if I, if I sort of write the song before I demo it, then yeah, it's a voice memo thing. It's, I will, I'll, I'll make a voice memo mostly just so that I don't forget how it goes and I'll write down the words and then I'll come back to it. Um, and with some other things, I will produce a demo because I'm not a producer, but I have produced some of my stuff and I'll produce like a demo on stupid like garage band on my phone <laughs> and I'll just see how that works. Hey, nothing stupid, no bad ideas. Yeah, no bad ideas. And it's um, it's a system that, you know, works for me. But like in the case of City Pop, I did, I think I wrote it and I did the demo in the same day because I was feeling manic that day. And I did the demo on my phone and then sat on it for like six months. And I sent it to my friend Alex, Alex Zone. And I was like, there's something, something missing from this. And I don't think I can finish it like with my skill set and all of that. And he took one listen and went, send it to Boy Sam. It's got him written all over it. <laughs> so but yeah. i do hear what your producers and various collaborators do and it's pretty insane the work they put in the work you put in it's a great synergy of people who want to make this this high energy beautiful stuff that's kind of really bringing back that super fucking manic 2000s gay aligned pop energy yeah yeah it's it's very that i make sure that you know, I make sure that when I'm working with people, they understand that point of view. Um, and it's easy when I work with people that I knew before I worked with them. But um, I make sure that they sort of get that for me, there is no such thing as going too far with it in terms of like the energy and whatnot. It needs to serve the song. And if the song feels like it needs to go absolutely insane, then it then it does. So it's much more than just music. It's a total state of mind. It's something that yeah. you're pretty adamant should stay in line. Yeah, it's yeah. I think there's a sort of, especially with with not to make it all about city pop again by city pop on iTunes, um, but not <laughs> to make it all about city pop again. But in regards to city pop and the other tracks that I've got sort of ready for release at some point this year, I very much imagine them all living in the same like cinematic universe if that makes sense I was about to say yeah that. they charlie fisher cinematic universe they very much inhabit the same world and so they need to all like go as hard as each other and they need to all feel like they belong and like as a pop artist this might be a controversial opinion but i think that as a pop artist as a pop singer the singer is kind of the least important part of the puzzle everything needs to serve the song so um so yeah you do it's, yeah it's a whole universe behind it yeah it's i want i want the song to sort of evoke the same visuals and the listener that it evoked in me when i wrote it and all of that stuff um which i think is probably quite common amongst pop 
creators, I think. Well, it depends. I mean, not everybody has the same kind of creative output and original ideas, but I think it pretty much ties back to you being originally an entertainer of sorts as a dancer first. You played a bunch of shows, and I assume you were as high energy as you sound. Yeah. Yeah, God. So I, um, I trained as a dancer. I worked in dance contracts and I did some musicals and all of that stuff and that is entirely always about what you're giving to the audience because it's you know because it's right there because you're right there and they are right there there needs to be like a exchange of energy sort of and uh yeah I think that uh, yeah I've never thought about that before actually but I think that that sort of approach does carry over to my music I feel like there's an exchange of Maybe not necessarily ideas, because it's not like I'm doing anything revolutionary with my music and I'm not trying to. That's not my place. But Just having fun. Yeah, having fun and giving that fun to people and allowing them to sort of bask in it for a bit is... It's a powerful thing. It's it's what I love the most about pop music. And if you were to ask me my favourite artists, they would all be people who I think had that same approach, who gave off whether it was joy or not, they gave off energy and they let you live in that sort of moment with them. Well, pop isn't always about being joyful. There's sad pop, there's angry pop, there's emotional Mm -hmm. pop. And I think that's what's powerful about it, as you say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you thrive off the energy that you give off and that you get back from your audience. Yeah. And despite the live music industry being, you know, what it is right now, you've still (laughs) managed to get like a great amount of creative output where does it come from oh god where does it come from i honestly don't know i don't i have no idea where it comes from i think part of it is just that i really really want to be good at this (laughs) so i think that that shows and i think that informs the amount of like effort i'll put in and the amount of sort of pushing through any writer's block I feel or whatever all comes from the fact that I just really want to be great at this so you're doing it no matter what yeah yeah because I'll kind of go crazy if I'm not doing this so I might as well be great and when it comes to the reception are you anxious what is it like being a queer artist in music you know I I don't necessarily get anxious but there is there's always that thing of I think looking at like numbers and stuff and using that as a sign of how good the song is. But this sort of the queer pop community that I've sort of become introduced to in the last year or so since being locked inside for God knows how long um, is incredibly supportive and wants everyone to do well. The people within that community are always, I have found they're always going to hang on to like the good bit and they're always going to remind you of the good bit. Even if you grow to not like a song, there will always be someone within that community who's like, I actually love that one. Um, So I think um, that's a very healthy mindset and community to grow and thrive in as a musician. Yeah, very much so. It's very good. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be making the music that I am now if it wasn't for people like that, because I met all of my current collaborators through that community and I was I was encouraged to keep going when I didn't feel like it by people in that community so um yeah yeah it's a great it's a great little world to be a part of so that that world that identity and that label of queer or whatever you want to reclaim or not is that something Mm. that you hold on to dearly 
Yeah, I think it is. Part of it comes from the fact that, you know, it's very easy to find other people with similar outlooks to you and, and approach to you when you use that label because we're all sort of in it for the same reasons and whatnot. But also, um, I feel like even if I wasn't going about saying I'm a queer pop artist, I feel like non-queer people would still be saying it about me. So, you know? <laughs> you think they would tell? Yeah, please. Of course they'd be <laughs> able to tell. So... It's one of those things of like, I'm going to own it and I'm happy to own it because it's... So it doesn't yeah. define you. It sort of got you off. No, no, it's fine. So, so it doesn't define you, but it's something that matters as part of your identity as an artist and as a person. Yeah, completely. It certainly doesn't define me, but also, but also, but also then in some ways it does. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I get yeah. what you mean because it's... Uh, sometimes you can be tempted to say doesn't define me but it also does help you find a sense of community yeah completely and owning up to what you are like l l like deal with it and it's yeah. fucking uh, <laughs> that's very 2000s early 2010s to say it's fabulous but you know what i mean yeah like it's one of those i remember when the when the song born this way came out actually i was obviously like young self-hating gay so i was like ew i don't like lady gaga <laughs> But like now I look back at myself as a child and I was like the biggest Steps fan on the planet. I still am. And I'd stand every girl band that would release anything. And it's like, I really was born this way, huh? There was no... So when you look back to that kid... There was no changing me. <laughs> they would be proud of you today? Yeah, yeah. Now you're working to make your future you also proud? Yeah, I want to, um, yeah, I, I want to, I want to be, yes, I want to have a body of work that whenever I stop making music, which I'm sure will happen at some point for however long, there will be a period in my life where I'm not making music because that's life. Um, and I would want to be able to look back on it and go, that was worth it, you know? Mm. which I think every creative person would want. I, I I don't think any creative person would want to look back on that time of their life as not being worth it. But I, God knows, I work hard enough at this shit. <laughs> Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool, sorry. Yeah, God knows I work hard enough at this shit that I want to be able to look back on it and go, that's actually really good. <laughs> That's such a great mindset to have because it kind of breaks the trope of the starving artist, you know, depressed, negative. I mean, everybody gets depressed and most artists are actually pretty fucking sad. But you have this, you know, fuck off, get out of the way, bitch kind of <laughs> attitude about dealing with your problems. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty fucking depressed. But like, that's my problem. That's no one else's problem. And I'm not gonna, yeah, I- You're, it's coping. Yeah, that's, I think creating is maybe part of my way of coping with that. Um, that's a very healthy thing, I, I think. You know what? There are much worse coping mechanisms I could have than making balls to the wall pop bangers, you know? <laughs> well, that's for you probably, I think I'm, I'm no therapist, but I think if it helps you, it'll help other people. And as you said, pop can have many, many ways of having effects on people and having fun and not necessarily thinking really hard about the meaning of a 10 minute song or whatever. So unwinding, it's something we need to learn to do more yeah. as musicians. Yeah, completely, completely. Um, I think there's something really powerful about 
a three minute song that can just make you feel very deeply for three minutes there's like a catharsis there like I don't want to sound like absolute internet optimist but like I genuinely think Into You by Ariana Grande is one of the best songs ever written and ever produced because it just it takes you right there it takes you right there so intensely you you get so much out of that song and I it's my it's like that's my goal if I can ever make anything as good as that I'll be happy <laughs> oh that's beautiful yeah you know she's she definitely does have those jobs at making pop that is mm -hmm. you know these song structures aren't necessarily complicated they're not anything brand new but it's all about the energy and you know what they say the the vibes yeah I always say that about my music. I'm not out here trying to reinvent the wheel, but you know, the wheel has been so popular for so many years because it works. So just making a wheel with like diamonds and sparkles on it. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just need to add some tassels to the wheel and it's the prettier wheel. <laughs> exactly. It's like Cinderella's, uh, what do you call those again? Well, like the glass slippers. No, the thing that's. Oh to the my horse. God. Yeah. The, the carriage. Turning the, the carriage, into yeah. The carriage. <laughs> well, you're making the wheel to that gorgeous carriage. It's very that. <laughs> oh dear. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add before we don't go over time? Mm. Yeah, buy City Pop on iTunes, or no, buy it on Bandcamp because <laughs> I get more money if you buy it on True. Bandcamp. And yeah, Bandcamp Fridays are still going on. Yeah, I know. I think they're going to keep happening until they say otherwise. So if you do buy City Pop, make sure to buy it on a Friday on Bandcamp. And stream. Stream anything by you. Anywhere on your yeah, preferred stream. platform. A stream's a stream, baby. Listen to my music. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's Spotify, Apple Music, you know, Tidal, whatever you use. Um, I'm there. <laughs> um, and yeah, follow me on social media and stuff. I'm a hoot. You're a hoot, that's true. It's true. As you just said, um, we can expect new announcements from you coming... Very soon. Very soon. Yes, very, very soon. So, exciting. Exciting stuff. Amazing. Well, thank you for coming on and uh, being a lovely person. Thank you for having me. Thank you. No problem. I do hope that uh, this will keep being a thing, because this is fun. I had a great time drinking my tea. <laughs> Well, it's not really tea time because it's like 11 p.m., but... What, is it 11 p.m. for you? Or is it 11, mm -hmm. like, afternoon 11? 10? No, no. 10, oh, yeah, okay. it's 10. Okay. Oh, that's not so bad. That's not so hey, bad. Hey, anytime is tea time, as long as you've got the tea. Anytime is tea time if you try hard and believe in yourself. Musicians Tea Time is a production of Acid Airplane Records and is hosted by Gabrielle Chenet and Sid Levine. All episodes come with a full transcript and translation into French on the Acid Airplane Records website. Thanks so much for tuning in today!